The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Claude Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. Hello and thank you once again for downloading and listening to another episode of the Rickett and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. My name is Clive and unfortunately Rickett is unable to be with us tonight, as well as childcare issues. It's actually the start of Ramadan and during the time of the recording it's the fasting time and that's when the fast stops and he has to eat lots and lots of food. So sadly Ricky won't be here tonight but he will be in our thoughts However, I am joined by someone else whose name begins with R. He's been on before. One half of Outsider's Edge, which is on the Social Suplex Network. He's also one half of World, Cla- World Class Radio with Jordan Fox. Rance Morris, how are you tonight? I, uh, <laughs> hello, Governor. Um, yeah, that's all I got. I was, I was trying to be British or Scottish. I can't do it. What's happening, man? I, I can't replace Ricky. I just can't. You know, I I'm, I don't have I don't have the boy band good looks. I don't have the monologues that he goes on. I just don't have it. I think you do have a strong showing for monologues. To be fair, I do actually. Yeah, now that you say that, <laughs> <laughs> I do. Yeah. What's up, man? I'm good, thanks. Um, in case you're wondering why Vance has decided to try some UK accents, tonight is going to be all about the United Kingdom division fringe part of WWE. Hooray! Hoorah, hoorah! <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, United Kingdom in general has been in the news quite a lot recently for WWE. There was all the, they were in, WWE were in UK last week with Raw and SmackDown. They did the tours. You've had... The Pete Dunne has been the UK champion now for just over a year. He celebrated that anniversary. It was also the anniversary of that match of the year between Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate. Oh yeah, that just passed, didn't it? Yep. Same match where Dunne won the championship. So that's firmly lodged in my memory. I've seen that a good few times. But it's also... Um, it is a great match. But we're also on the eve of another United Kingdom Championship tournament, which will be on the Royal Albert Hall. June the 18th and 19th, a couple of days after Money in the Bank weekend in Chicago. So that's going to the be a day really, after, the, That's right, the day after. So you've yeah. got NXT TakeOver Chicago, you have Money in the Bank, and then you have, on the same nights as Raw and SmackDown, you've got the United Kingdom tournament. So that's going to be a really busy week. I'm not sure how we're going to cover all that. I'm not sure how I'm going to watch all that, never mind cover it all. But I think with all this UK centric stuff in mind, I thought we would go over the UK division since the first tournament back in January last year. So, Rance, just a sort of overall question for you. Sure. How do you how successful do you think the UK division has been in terms of its format or the model it's been presented, the the wrestlers that have 
we've been gifted seeing now and just to focus on the UK scene in general since that tournament last January? Well, the question is, is there even a division? You know, like, I mean, the guys kind of, I don't want to say they wander around aimlessly, Mm -hmm. but they, outside of of Dunn, they kind of drift in and out of the WWE consciousness. We haven't seen Wolfgang in almost a year on, on television, you know? Um, Gallagher is a cruiserweight, so technically he doesn't count, even though he does do stuff with them. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyler Bate fell in the in the bad graces because he kept getting hurt and decided to go on a tour instead of work WWE dates. You know, mm-hmm. so it's uh, the I think the the wrestlers that they picked to kind of be the anchors were really good wrestlers because they're not just guys who can go because you know wrestling nowadays 90% of all wrestlers can go but there's something about that British style that I feel like every British wrestler that comes out just about can go mm-hmm. like like it's almost kind of like Japanese in the sense that and it's a different style even though it's similar but every British wrestler that seems to come out is at the very least an excellent Matt Grappler. You know, like they're uh-huh. excellent. But uh, the guys that, that, the kind of the four or five, so what's that? Dunn, Bate, Trent Seven, Mark Andrews, and Wolfgang. Maybe somebody else every now and then, but those are kind of the main five. All five, and I'll, you can throw Jack Gallagher in there. All six of those guys mm-hmm. have characters. Yep. Very you know well I mean? defined ones as well. Yeah, very defined ones. So it's not like some of these other guys we'll talk about later today who don't really have characters but can go. Those six are like Pete Dunn might be one of the most defined characters in the entire company. I would agree there. Um, that first night at the tournament last year when he was basically, it reminded me of the bad boy in the classroom and William Regal was the teacher and Dunn's trying to upset the balance in the room can't remember exactly who he levelled at the end when they were doing the pose for the before the second night um, Regal was in Dunn's face and we'd actually had a conversation a brief conversation in the messenger group chat last week about Pete mm-hmm. Dunn um, outside of the ring mm-hmm. and how he's not that much of a talker but I think he's definitely one of those guys that doesn't need to talk because the amount of the message that he gets across in his facials alone it doesn't need to Absolutely. talk for me. Absolutely. And you know a lot of guys, so toughness is something that is very overrated in wrestling. And I say that because in, you have to inherently be tough to do this, right? right? Even at the very least, Kelly Kelly is extremely tough to wrestle. So you have to be somewhat tough. But I feel like we can t- take toughness for granted too because – we expect everybody to be tough or know that everybody's tough, but then there are some people who you can just tell, like, there's another level of toughness. Uh-huh. Pete Dunn is a dude that you can look at him. You don't have to ever see him talk. You can just look at him and say, man, I'm not going to mess with that guy. I mean, you know, and he's 5'10", 185 pounds. I know. I see the... I think it helps with his gum shields, but remember Jaws from the James Bond films? Yeah. Did yeah. he? Did he ever talk? No. Well, Batista, um, Hinks. A, a lot of the time, the henchmen on Bond films don't talk. Mm-hmm. But I think the difference is, just just to add to that, 
And maybe it is something similar to what you're saying with the Bond henchman, but the thing with Pete is that it, he kind of has, and forgive me for bringing up a taboo guy, me and you were kind of talking about him slightly before we got on the call, but uh, he reminds me of Benoit in that while he doesn't talk well, he he exudes charisma with everything he does, his mm-hmm. all, every movement. So he's talking to you without talking, if, you, if that makes any uh-huh. sense. But that's, when it was talking about Jaws there from the Bond films, he's one of the more memorable villains that there's been in that series. And yeah. I've, I've not, I wouldn't say I'm a Bond enthusiast, but I, I can't remember him ever speaking. Um, and obviously there's the, the similarities with the gum shield making it look as if he's got these metal teeth, but even down, down to just the slightest of smirks, the raise of the eyebrows, or when he growls, Pete Dunne's got a vast array of facials that just add so much to his character and I just, I was, I've been in love with him ever since I saw him I won't, I'm not going to say that I know of his work outside of WWE so my first okay. introduction to him was at this UK tournament but he's been top notch and I have been keeping an eye on him since the tournament that they had, it wasn't a tournament they had a sort of just another special on the network a few weeks before Chicago's takeover last year if you remember that it was a UK tournament Mm -hmm. well it was just a sort of UK division showcase again and they had a number one contender match between Mark Andrews and Tyler Bates yes I do remember that Uh, that match between Andrews and Bates was fantastic but the the actual match that they had at takeover Chicago I just I remember watching it my only less than a year old son at the time was up during the night so I thought right I'm going to stick on takeover just now and I watched that match live and I was blown away it was just so I was looking forward to just watching the whole takeover again in the morning and that British strong style that they they bring to the it's, it is similar to the Japanese strong style which is very popular at the moment um, they had the crowds eating out the palm of their hands just so well, much but the- I'm sorry, they, I just want to add real quick, they also had a story. It wasn't just match. Mm-hmm. They had a very well-defined, very well-thought-out, told story. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Dunn attacked Bate before the match at the UK tournament. And Bate beat Dunn, even though Dunn did everything he could to kind of finagle his way to the main, to the uh, finals. Mm-hmm. And before all that, uh, Dunn trained Bate. So like they had such a story that add that to the physical match part and it was magic. Mm-hmm. It was. And they had a rematch. It must have been the last NXT TV show in December, I think. Oh, the rematch? Uh-huh. Yeah. It was a very different tone to the match, but I still enjoyed that. And maybe if that, was, if that match was in the Chicago crowd, it was probably better. But I think just magic happened that night last year around this time as well. So, but can I, can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. What's up with Tyler Bate? Because we just we just we just said that all of those all of the six guys, uh, and I guess you can count Danny Burch in there too, because since he's been hired all mm-hmm. time. But all those guys kind of have defined roles, and Tyler Bate is tremendous in the ring. But he seems like he's not quite himself unless Trent Seven is with him I know I don't get it because 
There is something. It doesn't seem comfortable doing all the camera stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a good way to put it. He doesn't seem comfortable. Uh, I don't know if you remember the last time two hundred five live did the UK thing. Not this, not last week, but when Enzo was the champ, and yeah. they had a few UK wrestlers line up in the ring, and they were basically questioned one by one, conveyor belt style, and mm-hmm. they were setting up a main event match between Enzo and Tyler Bate. And it was, I don't know if Enzo was off script and he was just throwing Tyler Bate off, but he didn't come across well at all. He looked as if he was stumbling, didn't know what to say. Just, I'm not sure. There was a few other guys that night, I think Joseph Connors was one of them, that could go toe-to-toe on the mic. Toe-to-toe on the mic, that makes a world of sense. But you know what I mean. (laughs) It's wrestling, nothing makes sense. (laughs) Um. And as you say, he has really good matches. He had a decent match with TJP in the Cruiserweight tournament. He's uh, great in the ring, yeah. He's, he's fantastic in the ring for what he does. I think it's, it's an odd one because he has that charisma in the ring. The whole, he's got that, the vod, not the vaude villain as such, but the old callback to the old carnival days. That old-timey type feel, yeah. Mm-hmm. With the the tighty whities and the boots, but, with no with no knee pads and mm-hmm. the the mustache, and he does like old old style moves like the airplane spin. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, some, that's something missing. There is something missing, and I think it's it's hard to pinpoint what it is. And he has been given lots of chances, so obviously the likes of Triple H and Regal see something in him. He won the first damn tournament in the first place. He did. And at the time, I was annoyed, probably just kayfabe annoyed because I preferred Pete Dunne. And in hindsight, I'm glad it happened because of the match that we ended up getting at Chicago. But well, that end, you had to end that first time major tournament with a positive note. That's you couldn't true. have ended it with a negative note. Uh-huh. And Kyle Moores had been saying on Facebook group, Squared Circle Facebook group last night, I believe. Mm-hmm. He's only twenty one. Yeah, he's got plenty of time to work on the all the hard cam stuff and promo classes at the PC. But P- well, that's the thing; he doesn't he don't report to the PC. The UK division is so different that they're allowed to be indie wrestlers until the WWE needs them. Mm-hmm. So they're not at the PC. So he's not doing promo classes. He's not, you know, spending time with Regal and all these guys, Robbie Brookside and. Norman Smiley and everybody, Shawn Michaels, mm-hmm. all the people there. He's not spending that time with them, so he's literally it's. So it's it, I guess it's what works better for you on the job training or going to school. Uh, maybe he's just loyal to the tours that he has, and that's how he apparently got into trouble in the first place and was demoted, so to speak. Yeah, but I think part of it too is that. WWE's paying these guys, but they're not making great money mm-hmm. because they're not working a lot of WWE dates. WWE is basically paying them to retain them, if you will, more mm-hmm. so than for them to work. Because, well, I, well, as we get deeper into what we want to talk about today, we'll talk about this more. But uh, I have a theory about the UK division I want to hit you with a little later. Right, okay then. Do you mean the tournament or the division itself? The division itself. Right. Okay then. Well, other folk that have been in the 
division that have had more of a a presence on the likes of 205 Live and NXT. You've got Wolfgang, who has kind of disappeared. I mean, he did house shows recently, part of the European tour, all over Instagram. So it was him, Trent Seven and Tyler Bate. High-flying Wolf Mountain. <laughs> I can't remember what the name was. Um... <laughs> <laughs> the wolf, I, I fly, wolf Mountain. Something, okay. I can't remember exactly what it was. Um, Trent Seven's been good, and but he seems to have just sort of fallen by the wayside as well. Mark Andrews has had a bit more luck. He's had a good showing in the tournament, the Cruiserweight tournament, and I quite like his style, although his wrestling work is a bit predictable and almost... What's the word? I can't remember telegraphed so you know what he's going to do mm-hmm. most cruisers are that's true when you have, when you fly high and, and, and risk take like a lot of those guys do most stuff is telegraphed because you gotta stand there away from them mm-hmm. so doesn't mean doesn't mean it's any less amazing when it happens it's just it's not free flowing like a lot of other map based wrestling is uh huh because with Mark Andrews, this cruiserweight action is naturally very quick paced, but I don't know, even with him being quite slight, it seems like right, he's taking his time in the ring. And I know he does really impressive aerial stuff, like the cork, standing corkscrew moonsaults. Yeah. Um, and I suppose recently I was caught off guard when he was doing these Stun Dog Millionaire, I think it is. Oh, a really wild flippy stutter yeah it, and it looks great uh-huh. but it's a setup move <laughs> uh-huh. you know you would think that would be a finisher it's a setup yeah and uh, he's he's good with the crowd though he's got that pop punk music he's got his own band I think it might yeah. actually be his own is it his own music it's his own music that's him mm-hmm. when he comes out and he was quite um, popular when he was in TNA's X Division as Mandrus, but what an awful terrible name! Yeah, terrible name. Oh, but I, you know what? Can I say a terrible name because my partner in crime, his name is Carl Irvin, and he goes by the name Curvin. <laughs> so it's the same thing. I can't really trash Mandrus if I don't trash Curvin. They must be kindred spirits then. Maybe they are. I, you know, I, Carl is kindred with a lot of things. <laughs> So that's another podcast for another day. That one, <laughs> yes, and we will talk about it one day. I promise. One of the other people who's doing well for themselves currently is Danny Birch. The, Danny Birch is killing it right now. I know the, the gimmick that they've got. This one too, not very. It's not really cool, if that makes sense. Standing in the air with Oni Larkin doing the holding up one finger and Birch is holding up two I get why they're doing it um, but apart from all that I like their long term story that they've had where Birch and Orkin, Lorcan were just having a couple of matches on NXT and they had respect for each other slowly but surely they've formed a, a decent tag team and they've been incorporated into Pete Dunne's ongoing war with Undisputed Era um, I tweeted it out last week that six-man tag match that they had last week with Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, and Roderick Strong, 
that's one of the matches of the year for me. I really enjoyed that from start to finish. It was excellent. And you got like 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And without an advert as well. Mm-hmm. Have they started doing that with other main event matches on NXT? Yes, I think. I'm trying to remember. I don't know. It just seemed to stand out because they all, I mean, they have a lot of really good main event matches on NXT. But they're always broken up by something else to wrestle with Bruce Bloody Pritchard or... Well, yeah, they have... So it's always two segments. Mm-hmm. Normally it's, it's it's two segments. They'll start the match, it'll be broken up in the middle. I'm, I can't remember one that wasn't really broken up like that, but this was also really long too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. But I think this one definitely benefited from it and it was quite a joy to see Danny Birch who's just been plodding along not getting a lot of TV time he picked up the win that was nice to see um, well, you say Danny Birch only Lorcan has been in that performance center for like three years I know and hasn't been given anything and I don't understand why because I'm sorry to be that guy but Oni, Oni is, is a tough bastard, right? Oni is tough as hell. He is to be so small. That's the, Oni and, to, to use a UK term, Oni and Danny Birch are two tough blokes, right? But, uh, the thing with, the thing with both of them was that individually, with the, and I know I'm gonna contradict myself because I said that it's, it's a character trait for Pete Dunn. But his his tough Oni's toughness and Birch's toughness wasn't coming, getting over as a character trait. Like, oh, if if you were to describe Oni Lorcan to say your wife, uh-huh. right? How would you describe him? A very strong human sized spider. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot better than I would have done. I would have said... He's all arms and legs. Yeah, pretty much. I would have said a skinny, small, bald guy from Boston who can fight. Is that a character? Well, I'm not sure if I agree with you because I can remember off the top of my head three or four really good matches that he had in NXT Mm in 2017. First one was two weeks before Mania weekend and he fought Almas yeah oh well, he he's great in the ring he can go but I mean in terms of his character like who he is as a, so if you would okay so we just said what what are the what are the other six guys we just said we just said uh Bate Seven Dunn Wolfgang, Wolfgang Andrew, Mark Andrews and uh Gallagher we mm-hmm. haven't talked about Gallagher yet but the other five right right Mark Andrews is a pop punk uh high flyer who likes to stage dive, right? Right. That's a that's a that's a gimmick. You can understand that, right? Mm-hmm. Wolfgang is the king is the king of the drifters or whatever he is. Yeah, kind of biker guy. Kind of yeah, kind of a biker bar type guy, right? Mm-hmm. You can understand that. Trent Seven and uh, and Tyler Bate are kind of happy go lucky, old school, rest old timey wrestling guys with their mustaches, right? Uh huh. Pete Dunne is, as Danny Birch and Oni Lorcan affectionately called him, a prick. <laughs> Did they? And, and the bit, oh, by the way, to go off on a tangent, 
that promo was hilarious because he was like, "Hey, you know you're a prick, right? You know you're a piece of trash." And Pete Dunne was like, "Yeah, you're right." Uh-huh. <laughs> but basically, he's a prick. Yes, he's a, a terrier bulldog prick. But yes. And speaking of bulldog, his logo is that is that a bear? On his knee. His head on his knee, but they've kind of made that like his little logo too. I think that, you know what I mean. I think that actually is a dog, and I think within the last few months, his pet dog died, so he got the tattoo oh. as a tribute. Okay, well, okay, so I didn't know it was very that sentimental. I just thought it was some, something random. But those five guys defined, right? Mm-hmm. They're not just oh, I can fight. Like they actually have characters, character traits. Reasons why they are who they are. What is Oni? You do prove a good point, but isn't it? Would you not accept that someone who's just a total tufted? <laughs> no, I do. But I guess what what I'm trying to say is that's why it took so long. Right. Because you can't just throw that out there and say, "Hey, get over." Something like that has to come at the right time. And excuse me, and uh, the, they did. I, I hate that it took so long, but they seem to have done it right. They would throw Oni out there randomly and just let him just tear up, tear up the crowd and have great matches. And yeah, he would lose most of them, but you could tell like he gave you hell. And then the perfect situation comes where him and his British doppelganger and Danny Birch they go out there and have a barn burner and beat the living hell out of each other. Uh-huh. Birch asked for a rematch. They do it again, Birch wins, and then they're like, hey, we should do this to other people. And now, characters being built because you got somebody like you, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, I'm not saying that him not having a defined character is bad, it just it takes longer to get over when you don't. Right. I actually wonder if they are going to do something more with them. I thought he was gonna. I thought they were gonna move to the cruiserweight division. I thought he would, would have been a good hand in the cruiserweight division uh-huh. because the cruisers. I mean, yeah, they have. Yeah, I mean, every division these characters, but they kind of started focusing more on just the in ring stuff. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Then so much. Then like they don't. They don't do a whole lot of necessarily promos or. A lot of character work, even though they're starting to get back to some of that recently. Mm-hmm. But I thought he would have been perfect to just be like, "Tell me, only can't do what Hideo's doing right now." Exactly. See, I think there's room for them in this rumored tag team division. They keep going on about it, and they keep having tag team matches almost every week on Two Hundred Five Live. But they split up Itami and Tozawa recently. They never matched anyway. They just put, they were put together because they were Japanese. They don't have, they don't match. Uh, Akira Tozawa is a pure uh, dragon-hearted baby face. Baby, yep, took the words out of my a, mouth. A lovable guy, right? Who has a battle cry and fights with passion and honor and all this. And Hideo is just a guy who feels like he's much better than everybody else. And deserves stuff that he's never gotten, so he just is out here demanding respect. They never matched because Hideo was making uh, Tozawa do things Hideo would never do. If you remember, the entire reason 
Otami and Tozawa got into that feud with uh, the Lucha Booties or the Lucha House Party. <laughs> Call them the Lucha Booties. Thank you can thank Big E for that. The Lucha Booties, or as as they would be called in Scotland, the Lucha House Party. The, the Lucha Hoose Party. A little party. That, a little party. <laughs> Did I, okay, yeah. So that there's my Scottish for the day. But <laughs> it's because Hideo just went too hard on, on uh, Metalik one day. Unnecessarily. Just because. Yep. So, you know, and uh, Tozawa, what was Tozawa going to do? He uh, got to stick up for his guy. Uh, by default. By default. So they never matched anyway. Um, but, yes, it, look, it does look like there's going to be a, a, a cruiserweight division. and I'm not a cruiserweight, but a tag team division and the cruiserweight division. Uh, and, I mean, you know, that's good for them as the show grows. And as the UK division grows, I don't know if they should have titles, but, you know, I'd like to see Mustache mm-hmm. Mountain have more tag matches. I'd like to see more... I like to see more diversity with yeah. the UK guys. See, I think, I mean, out with the quote-unquote division, you do have some real good success stories. You've obviously got Drew McIntyre, who's doing some interesting stuff with Dolph Ziggler at the moment. Yes. He's in a spotlight angle, so to speak, or a spotlight push. Um, although they've kind of still not appeared, Killian Dane ended up getting some real good momentum on his side in the last year or so with Sanity Uh, and I'm just waiting for Triple H to just pull the trigger and have Nikki Cross take on Shayna Baszler that's probably going to be the match takeover Chicago oh please I've not seen any tapings I'm not I try to avoid NXT tapings if it's Nikki Cross versus Shayna Baszler take my money right now that will be a so here's the thing that could either be tremendously great or it could be a train wreck (laughs) no in the middle I think for me right now Shayna Baszler can do no wrong same here but their styles don't mesh would you have said before it happened that Nikki Cross and Asuka's styles would mesh this is true. This is a very good point. But Asuka is a 15-year veteran, and Shane has been wrestling like five. If five. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. we, we, we forget because Asuka's only been WWE three-plus years. Asuka's been wrestling for a long yes, time. long, long time. I mean, I've said before, it's possibly just pure bias, but I'd love to see Nikki Cross win the Women's Championship. Definitely. Uh, I would too. It's kind of, it's it's kind of uh, tradition there that the so you know the four horsewomen. So so the four horsewomen got called up, right? Um, and they left Bailey to kind of rebuild, rebuild, help build the women's division. Mm-hmm. And Bailey passed title on to Oscar, and everybody else got called up, and Oscar stayed back to help rebuild the new division. And once she got called up, Ember got the title. And Ember stayed back to help build up the women's division. And she got called up. Now now Shayna got the title. And I feel like, I don't know who's going to get called up between Shayna and Nikki first, but I feel like whenever there's a woman who is definitively the top woman in that company, 
NXT wise, mm-hmm. they they reward them with the championship before the call up. Before they get called up, yes. it's just something that they seem to have done. The only person who didn't get rewarded was Becky, but she was in it. And I guess you could say Emma, but that was a different time. But in modern times, Becky, but Becky was surrounded by so much quality that you know it's they couldn't have gave her a championship. Mm-hmm. She got lost in the shuffle, which is a shame because what some could argue she's the better wrestler out of a lot of them if given half a chance. Sure, but I mean, you could make the same argument for Mick Foley against Triple H, Rock, and mm-hmm. Austin. Foley should have won more than what two championships? I know two world titles, but because he was around three of the greatest of all time, he just couldn't fit in there. So it's just timing. Timing, man. You 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 can't help. Um, Patrick, you, Will Chamberlain would have more championships if he wasn't born the same time as Bill Russell right. you know what I mean like Patrick Ewing could probably have a championship if he wasn't born the same time as Michael Jordan you know uh-huh. I'm trying to think of a, of a football player Wayne Rooney would, I, don't, I don't know I'm just I don't, I don't, I don't know I'm just saying I'm sure, I'm sure Ricky will be nodding his head when he listens back he goes yes <laughs> I heard Michael Jordan and I went oh I know him he was in that Bugs Bunny film yes <laughs> Oh my goodness! Um, oh, okay. I, I just, guys, sorry. I know exactly who he is. Baseball star, yeah. Yeah, he's that guy from the Hanes commercial. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where were we? Yeah, see, with Nikki Cross, I think it was right not to call her up. Yes, absolutely. Um, the. I know Shayna Baszler's doing really well, but they did need, they still need an anchor. You've got a lot of women who still need some experience to um, work off. Lacey yes. Evans is doing well at the moment, actually, and Kyrie yeah. Sane's doing not bad. I'm not as sold on Kyrie Sane as everyone else is, um, but Nikki Cross, by default, has kind of become one of the veterans there. She's been there mm-hmm. quite a long time now. Um, just wish she was used a bit more than she has been recently but maybe we'll see a change in that with all the call ups from Wrestlemania and whatnot with the Iconics out the way and I want to think about this I know they're nothing alike in characters but I remember when Enzo and Cass got called up they asked because it was on Breaking Ground when they got called up the TV show uh-huh. and they asked uh, Triple H well what about Carmella and said, no, Carmella's staying back. And the reason Carmella stayed without Enzo and Cass is because they want they saw so much star potential in her that they didn't want her to be lost in the shuffle of being another part of Enzo and Cass, mm-hmm. being a valet or just like a, a, a third wheel or any other of those analogies you can make. They saw money in her, and forgive the pun, and I know you're Mr. Carmella fan but <laughs> as you can see while she's not Sasha Banks in the ring she has lived up to that potential uh-huh. and I feel like with Nikki Cross Sanity while Sanity is better with Nikki Cross the gimmick didn't need her and she can she she has money written all over her alone yes there was a she time can, when she was she, there was a time 
when she was at the forefront of the popularity as far as sanity is concerned. Yeah, she was the reason Sandy got over, I would argue. Yeah, with the whole Ruby Riot stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because she was beating up her own guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Poor Alexander Wolf has taken so many punches to the face from Nikki Cross. I, know. I feel bad for my guy. I like Alexander Wolf, I have to say. I do too, man. He's really underrated because Alexander Wolf is kind of that glue guy who you probably can't name five moves he does. But everything important that happens in matches, he's a part of. Yeah. That makes sense. He's actually quite the suplex machine. Well, he's German. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. I thought he was from T-Bone. No? He's from T-Bone? <laughs> that's, a, that's a country? <laughs> no. <laughs> I know. I know a Tyson T-Bone who's going to be in the UK tournament. You see how I did that? Oh, nice, Professional journalist. Nice segue. <laughs> oh, can I can I tell you my can I tell you my theory real quick? Because I know we're gonna get yeah. more into the actual tournament. We'll just go for it, yeah. Um, but it's relevant uh-huh. to what we're talking about. So, um, you, obviously, we've the news has been riddled with all of the the WWE deals with SmackDown, Raw, and all this, right? Aye. And and you know uh, the UK deal they're going to announce that in the next six months and the India deal they're going to announce after that so there's all this influx of money coming in right Right. I feel like the um, the announcement for this UK um, showcase King of the Ring thing at Royal Royal Albert Hall is that what it's right yeah that's that's right Uh I feel like this is twofold one because it's way overdue for the UK division to have something to themselves. But two, I feel like the announcement of the UK division is coming. And I feel like because of all this extra influx of cash, which means more abilities to run shows, extra shows, not just wrestling shows, but extra show network shows in general, I feel like we will hear an announcement on either June 18th or 19th, whichever day it is, of the official UK network TV show debuting by the end of the year. I, I'm i not sure if it will be... I mean, I think there is going to be a TV show. I'm not sure if it will be exclusive to the network. Um, I mean, I do agree with what you're saying. Well, yeah, it would probably be on Sky Sports, right? Uh-huh. Or maybe one of the just the terrestrial channels like ITV Channel 3 or something like that World of Sports on ITV so it wouldn't be there That's, I'm not sure what's happening with that that seems to have been hindered quite a few times oh okay so I mean I, I do agree I think there is something in the works there is something being planned and with Smackdown moving over to Fox next year apparently moving over to Friday nights there is Pete Dunne's becoming quite a figure in the NXT scene. Like more often than not, he's there. You've got, I mean, Jack Gallagher wasn't part of the UK division, but Jack Gallagher and Drew Gulak are both in the tournament coming up. We'll talk about that in a minute. There just seems to be a lot of, as you say, not a division as such, but a lot of intermingling between a lot of the fringe shows that 
WWE have the non-main roster stuff. So NXT 205 Live, there's been crossovers with the Cruiserweight Tournament. UK guys are coming in and out. I don't know, obviously they're not going to call it WWE's Fringe Show. Um, but it's as if they're thick, like, I don't know, it's hard to pinpoint exactly what they're doing, but I think they're trying to do something with it, definitely. And uh, I'm not sure what. I mean, I have to wonder what's going to happen with 205 Live as well, just because of if Fox are going to take up SmackDown, what's going to happen to the tapings of 205 Live? What's, what's the format in general? The format of 205 Live is in question. Oh, because it's, yeah, well, and I, I guess I owe Caleb for this, but he's always argued to change the name because 205, 205 Live always was going to be better served if it was taped in front of two, in front of Full Sail. Oh, of course. It was all, like, if that show was taped in front of Full Sail from the very beginning, it would have been, maybe not to the NXT level because of the differences in the, in, in the roster, per se. But it it would have been it would have been so much bigger than it is, um, because the crowd because when you watch NXT, a big part of why NXT is so good because yes, it has great wrestling, yes, it has great character work, yes, it has great stories, but the crowd is so good that even bad stuff makes you say, well, man, that's that's pretty cool. I mean, even although I myself have slagged him off something rotten, the field sale crowds very vocally do not like Kona Reeves but it's it's entertaining you don't like Kona Reeves <laughs> no shit Sherlock um, but it's entertaining just seeing the reaction from the crowd bro the full cell crowd got us to care about Adam Rose point blank period it's that's it there's uh-huh. no conversation Adam Rose got over Adam Rose call me I'm, I'm trying really try to remember correctly I think Adam Rose had like four appearances on NXT TV before he got called up because the crowd responded to him so well. Was it only that many? Was it not Leo Kruger or something as well? No, I'm talking about that. Yeah, he was Leo Kruger for a long... He was Leo Kruger going back to FCW. Uh-huh. I'm talking about the Adam Rose character, not the person, but the character. And it only made like four or five appearances on NXT TV and then he's gone to the main roster because Full Sail... Uh, full Cell was so high. The Ascension, the Ascension, <laughs> Full Cell made us think the Ascension was a great tag team. Go back and watch who they wrestled. I know. Nope, they wrestled me and you like every week. <laughs> but they had us thinking that they were really the new Road Warriors, you know, like, well, maybe not the Road Warriors, but you know what I'm talking about. And now they are sidekicks to Brizango. And when you're sidekicks to Brizango, that's like Brizango's great, but that's pretty low. Uh huh. You're not you're not hired anymore for your wrestling abilities. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, have you looked at? I'm, I'm. Forgive me for being mean, but have you seen Connor lately? Like, I don't think Connor really even cares about working out anymore. That, I agree, and that actually reminds me. I was going to ask something about this two o five live thing. You know how they keep having Buddy Murphy weigh in. Hmm. I think Drake Maverick needs to have a wee word with Grand Metalik. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, that, Maybe so. That attire's starting to look just a bit tight on the King of the Ropes. You know, I've always 
call me crazy, but I've always been skeptical of people that wear full body singlets like that or stuff like that because you can get away with not having to look perfect. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But and I think part of the reason Buddy's having to do it too is yes, he was I wouldn't say a heavyweight, but he wasn't a cruiser. But it's more it's also an outsider thing too because Buddy was a NXT guy. Yes. You know what I mean? So it's kind of the outsider deal. That's the thing. There's just a lot of toing and throwing between them, and I did have a theory, and I thought it would play into the UK tournament. So we'll sort of move on to the matches that have been announced recently and the competitors. The I had a theory, right? That you watch Two Hundred Five Live weekly, yeah? Yes, I missed this past week and I missed last week, but other than that, I'm caught up. Right, well, I'm kind of going to give a wee spoiler away for you. It's not too big a spoiler, right? But a couple of weeks ago, Drew... Yes, it was Drew Gulak in commentary who was enjoying the work of Kendrick and Gallagher. Okay. Because of their like-minded wrestling style, the sort of nasty smash-mouth grappler. Uh And Gulak was in action this week versus um, Grand Metalik. And Kendrick and Gallagher came out and commentated in the match, and they too applauded Gulak's style, saying he was the best technical wrestler in 205 Live and all that stuff. And I think it was actually Sir Sam had said in response to one of the columns that I did, it would be good to see Gulak, Gallagher, and Kendrick team up to form some sort of alliance. And I keep thinking something's going to happen with that. But all of a sudden, the first round of the United Kingdom Championship Tournament taking place next month has Drew Gulak versus Jack Gallagher. Yeah. That just, unless they've got something planned or unless they don't care about continuity, that throws my theory in the water, um, away entirely. Well, I remember you texted me uh, before, before, when we were first talking about the show, just brainstorming. And you, you know, you were you were I don't say you were hot but you were really concerned about UK tournament specifically because they decided to put Gallagher and Gulak in it and because so the original UK tournament was a showcase for new UK talent Mm -hmm. to get them over with the mainstream crowd and kind of build some new UK stars hopefully for the division and the show that they'll have in the future this show is different in that it's not a showcase for the UK division in terms of in terms of new talent. It's a showcase for the division in general, you know, and it's uh yeah, they're gonna have some new guys to introduce you to and to show you, but still it's like most of the matches are with established guys. Like it's effectively their pay per view. Uh-huh. You know, so to speak. But um Go ahead. Maybe that's the seeds being sown with Pete Dunne defending the UK title against the likes of Johnny Gargano, Roderick Strong, non-UK, yeah. non-British wrestlers. But if what you're um, theorising earlier that they're going to have a UK division show, then uh-huh. would they not want to yet again sort of put over UK wrestlers only and non-WWE established UK wrestlers? I mean, I'm fine with the likes of... You've got Jordan Devlin. Let me see the list here. 
can't remember them off the top of my head. Got Jordan Devlin coming back. Tyson T Bones back. Tyson T Bone, James Drake. Yeah. Joseph Connors. He's back, yeah. Tucker. Got a few there that have been in it before. Um, that's fine because I think they're all good. They've been on TV since and 205 Live. So it makes sense to remind fans who these guys are if they are intending to do a, sp- a network show. But Jack Gallagher, okay. I like I like his wrestling style. I prefer him as a baby face, if I'm being honest. But you've got him in there. Why Drew Gulak? As much as I love Drew Gulak and his PowerPoint presentations. <laughs> I didn't say that long enough, did I? Um, why is he in it? I would... Well, Drew's in it probably... I, you know, I don't have one concrete reason, but my argument, my thought process would be, one, Drew, Drew Gulak does British-style wrestling better than anybody on the main roster right now, not named William Regal probably. <laughs> and I mean, with, you know, with respect to the UK guys, you know, the younger UK guys and uh, someone like Cesaro or Brian, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But Gulak is... Gulak's from Philadelphia, but if you told me he was born in Cardiff, I would I would believe it, you know. Or you told me he was born in like Newcastle or just a, a British city, I, I'd believe. I'd be like, yeah, you know what? I knew it. I knew he was lying <laughs> because he wrestles like he's from there. He does. Um, but that also, but also on top of that, star power. I realize you Gulak isn't, you know, gonna get your show a billion dollars. But Gulag is a known commodity, you know, so that you can, I wouldn't say you can build your show around, but you could at least point to fans who might not. And and so and I don't want you to take this the wrong way because I'm a big firm believer that the UK should get more love from WWE than it does. Get more shows, more this, more that. But there's a huge contingent of American fans who probably could kill us about anything going over going on over there? Do you mean the I, like, Do you mean the independent scene? No, I'm talking about like, okay, so or, if you were just casual WWE fan number four, right? And it's Saturday, and you want to watch the, you you want to watch the network, and just see, you just want to see some wrestling, and you see WWK tournament on, would you watch just off just off of the fact that it's the UK? Well, tournament. You would be better asking someone, not me, that question. That, right. Now, I would, because I love wrestling, and I was interested in seeing the new, the new people and new stuff, the people not. Uh-huh. So that's why you have a couple of known guys like uh, like uh, Jack Gallagher or Drew Gulak, or then you even have some smaller known guys like Zach Gibson, who's kind of known in wrestling circles, and uh, like um, uh, you know, just you you have some guys who are fairly known. Jordan Devlin. Mm-hmm. Every time they talk about Jordan Devlin, they mention Finn Balor. Like you can't hear the words Jordan Devlin and not hear Finn Balor. I know. Within two minutes, because they want to remind you that hey, this guy was trained by Finn Balor. By the way, did you know that this guy was trained by Finn Balor? So I was talking to Jordan Devlin the other day. 
by the way, who was trained by Finn Balor. Uh-huh. Like, they want to re- make you remember because you associate that in your mind with, I like Finn. I should like him. Or, I, do, I, I like Finn, but he doesn't like Finn. Or, I don't like Finn, so I don't like him. Some type of reaction, which gets people who aren't naturally U- United uh-huh. Kingdom fans invested. The Pete Dunne saga of the first of the first day of the UK tournament the first time is what kept American fans and non-British fans interested in the tournament because they wanted to see what this fool going to do next. Mm-hmm. He had here breaking fingers, breaking arms, attack people from behind, get almost get in the physical of William Regal. You know what I mean? I don't think it's a mistake. I don't think it was just for NXT creative that Pete Dunne recently turned face either. Um, now that I think about it, because all this is leading up, you've got Pete Dunne, the fourth, the not the forefront of the mid card of NXT, but he's a very prominent figure right now, mm-hmm. um, and he happened to slowly but surely get over as a babyface with Roderick Strong as a tag team. Then he got screwed over by Strong, so he automatically became a face. He's working with faces now, and it's just around the time where WWE went to the UK and they've got the UK tournament again and it's a just in case you're wondering the fact that they've got Royal Albert Hall that's a big big deal yeah Um, the reason they had it on a Monday and Tuesday night is because they couldn't find any other night to get it the whole year basically it was we have to get this we really want this venue it's a very high class theatre place where they have last night of the proms or the sort of famous classical music around the summertime. Um, wow. Uh, and it looks beautiful from the outside too. Uh-huh. So, the, focus, the big focus on Pete Dunne and obviously the winner of this upcoming tournament will face Dunne for the title. So, maybe this is actually, they have been making a big focus for UK and something is in the works. Maybe it is in one of the terrestrial TV channels. Maybe it is on the network. And if they've got Drew Gulak as a selling point, then fair enough. But why Why is he facing off against Jack Gallagher in the first round when, as you would be led to believe, kayfabe-wise, they are good buddies at the moment? To keep the sanctity of the tournament still somewhat relevant. The whole sanctity of that tournament is, yes, to introduce new stars to your television screen. You're losing two stars if you force Gallagher and Gulak to be in that, in that you know, uh, to advance to the tournament. So a guy like, so of the guys, and I, you know, I don't, I'm, maybe you might want to do it, but I think we could, I say let's just announce the guys first. Is that fair? Yep. Okay, so uh, so we got a uh, what's this? It looks like Zach Gibson, Joe Coffey, never heard of him, Jack Gallagher, Dave Mastiff, Kenny Williams, El Laguero, never heard of him, Joseph Connors, Amir Jordan, never heard of him, Travis Banks, Flash Morgan Webster, who I think might be your breakout guy, possibly, Jordan Devlin. Tucker, Gulak, Ashton Smith, never heard of him, James Drake, and Tyson Tebow. Mm-hmm. So if you have Gallagher and Gulak, the expectation is they're going to win. They don't have to. That would be the expectation. 
So if both of those guys win, there are two guys who aren't going to advance who could have they're not going to have an opportunity yeah. to get over with the crowd. You know what I'm saying? I see where you're coming from now. Yeah, so you get a chance to still use their platform and their their I you know, their popularity mm-hmm. for lack of a better term to help build what the what the term is going to be, but yet you still have the opportunity to still make another guy uh-huh. who wouldn't have been made. It's basically a, what you're saying is they're keeping they're keeping the two what you would assume favourites together so that only one of them is left after the first round and when whoever is facing either Gallagher or Drew Gulak beats them they go over with the crowd because it's, they've beaten one of the favourites it's the same reason Gargano and Ciampa got put against each other in the Cruiserweight Classic they could put against everybody both of those guys could have advanced uh-huh. that was an excellent match Love that one. Yes, I love every minute of that match. That's the best match of the Cruiserweight Classic to me. Uh, yes, I agree. I preferred it to the Abushi Alexander one. The only thing about Abushi Alexander and uh, Gargano Ciampa is if you like spots, if you like action, that's one of the most spot-based, action-packed matches I've ever seen. Yeah, I think the reason that I still think fondly of the Abushi matches is because it's just such a bizarre sight to see Kota Abushi in an NXT ring. It is. Same as Zack Sabre. Uh-huh. It's really, it's really weird that those, and not only in NXT ring, but successful. Uh-huh. It's you just know, bizarre. Winning matches. Uh, it's It's really weird, but... You know, I'm glad he got a chance to live that dream because just like uh, Juice and Thunder Liger got a chance to live his dream at Takeover a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. I know every wrestler dreams of going to WWE at least once. That may not that may not be their goal anymore, but that's a dream that every wrestler has. Um, so like if you're a basketball player, you dream of playing in the NBA. You might not make it. That might not be your goal at a certain point, but that was your dream at one point. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, and Cody and Zack Sabre Jr. knocked it out the park. Speaking of British guys, that's Sabre. right. Yeah, who's doing wonders in New Japan at the moment? Probably should have a championship. What was it that he won recently? The Super Cup. You gotta ask. You gotta ask. Keep it a strong style. I don't. Know. I'm. I know best of Super Junior is going on right now. Uh huh. I'm pretty sure. That's you got That he won the Super Cup a month or so ago, but. Right, we'll talk about WWE again then <laughs> before we go on the New Japan role. Right, so I can accept your reasoning for Gulak and Gallagher being in the same one. This is a twofold question. If we're going to showcase British wrestling, mm-hmm. from what we've seen of the posters, it seems to be it's going to be NXT heavy. Mm-hmm. And well, yeah. So what what do you think about that? Considering we've just had a takeover two nights prior. So I think that because it's two nights, because it's a special, I think it's fine because it gives diversity to the card. And technically, 
uh, I can't speak to any other matches that may or may not have been announced or signed, but the one main match that I've seen is Mustache Mountain versus Cole and like O'Reilly and Strong, and that's more of a of a call out to me than a NXT versus UK thing. Mustache Mountain said, "Look, we want y'all on our home turf." Uh-huh. Um, now I know there'll I know there'll be other matches. Has with, are you aware of spoilers for NXT leading up to Takeover? I read them. I don't remember them all, but I did. I like I know the card. I know the Takeover right, Chicago so card. Without telling me the full details, does Pete Dunne have a match in Chicago? No. Right. So he might have a match at London then. Well, he the winner of the tournament is supposed to fight him. In the main event of the second night. Right, okay. Ah, right, that makes sense. It just seems that it's very hot at the moment, this Britain, or Pete Dunne and Co versus the Undisputed Era. Uh, and it seems like it might bleed over into like NXT. They might have some UK stuff going on actually at the takeover. Yeah, well, they, well I mean, Birch and Lorgan are probably going to end up fighting Undisputed Era at for the tag titles at TakeOver. So that's... I mean, I know only is, is from Boston, but that feels like a British team. Mm-hmm. But there's so much talent. There's so much talent on that roster that there was almost a chance Ricochet and Velveteen Dream didn't get on the card. As of right now, EC3 isn't on the card. It's been quite a quiet start for him so far. Well, he's... I, I feel like EC3 is doing what he should be... what he should do. Um, I like for new characters to start off slow, yeah. To build themselves, to ex- to build their to build their character and establish their character, and then to prove to the crowd why you should care about them not only as a character but as a wrestler. Yes, EC3 was in WWE before. Yes, EC3 was a face of TNA for a, a while, but you think the three and a half plus people, million people who watch Raw or SmackDown every week, probably more than that if you count SmackDown, really know that? Mm-hmm. That's true. Oh. In, I'm just, again, there's just hints that there's going to be bleed over with UK into the other fringe stuff, especially with a sort of NXT-centric UK show. So, so this is what it's looking like to me. Um, a few about a month ago, WWE had their business partner summit, uh-huh. and Triple H put out his plan for what he calls global localization. And this is something that Shane McMahon pitched years ago, but WWE wasn't in the space uh, corporately, nor did they have the reach that they needed to have to do it. Now Triple H just kind of reformatted it and, and made it his own thing. And what that is is basically in 15 years let's say he wants to have not only does he want to have uh, performance centers in every major region of the world so you know we have the North American Performance Center in Orlando and then there'll be a a, let's say a Latin American one in Brazil and then like a Southeast Asian one in India and then like a British one in London and you know you know and then like a Middle Eastern one in 
Saudi Arabia or wherever, uh-huh. you know, and through that way, you have the better opportunity to globalize your brand, to build homegrown stars and to have stars from that area be able to learn close to home and not have to pull a Shinsuke or Asuka and learn complete total shock, uh-huh. culture shock rather. And then you can basically effectively do what the NWA did 30, 40 years ago, which is build a network of super indies. NXT is NXT is a corporately funded super indie. That's, that's effectively what it is. That's what it should be called the super indie show. Yeah, well, yeah, and yeah, it's 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 a super like it's truly a super indie. So, and I feel like the UK division, until it gets its own show and performance center or whatever it is that they do, is kind of like a division of the of NXT. Much like the Cruiserweights is a division of Raw. Uh-huh. They're not on Raw, anymore, but you know what I mean. Yeah. I feel like until they can finally pin down the UK guys, and by the way, they hired like 20 extra UK guys. Right. So until they can, until they finalize that and get them their deal and their and their show and logistics and all that done, they're kind of just an extra division of NXT so that they're still utilized and you remember these guys because had they not shown you any of these guys and said we'll have a show starting in December, you gonna remember anybody who was in that tournament a year and a half ago? That's true. I think... A super indie is a good term for it. I mean, looking at the list here, I will reiterate, I am not fully clued up on the whole UK independent scene, but I do watch Insane Championship Wrestling, the Glasgow-based promotion, and names off the top of my head from the list here that will be in the tournament. You've got Joseph Connors, mm-hmm. Ashton, Ashton Smith was part of a tag team, a very dominant monster, they were booked like monsters tag team. Jordan Devlin, whose nickname is the Import Killer. Quite like, oh, was that his nickname? Yeah, quite like that nickname. Um, Joe Coffey, who's challenging his real-life brother Mark Coffey for the ICW, it's called the Zero-G Championship, which is yeah. effectively their IC title. Um, Kenny Williams, who was on 205 Live last week, he's actually involved in a hot angle right now where he screwed over his best friend and has... Um, signed up with the sort of heel authority stable now so he's actually you've got Joe Coffey and Kenny Williams and big ICW storylines at the moment um, you had also Flash Morgan Webster on last week so because, through me starting to watch ICW and all that, those names crossing over into other places like Progress um, Defiant I'm, Defiant, yeah there's a lot of the names that I'm starting to recognise so I have an even more Incentive, not just because it's UK, but because I know quite a lot of these names now, I've got an incentive to see them. And you've got return. Wait. What we no, going? just to, I'm adding to what you. I'm sorry to add to what you're saying. It's funny that we're in a world now where you have to pay attention to indies if you're a WWE fan, because odds are in five years your favorite indie wrestler will be a WWE superstar. Mm-hmm. But I mean, look at Pete Dunn. I give you a better one, Keith Lee. Hi. <laughs> Keith Lee, or you, let let's stay let's stay current. Ricochet, uh, 
uh, Adam Cole, Alster Black, Andrade Cien Almas, Lissombra. Like, the best indie guys who, who aren't Bullet Club members. That's basically the only ones. Or, like, New Japan top four, big four guys. Most of them end up in WWE at one point. Uh-huh. They do. Yes. Just a random aside, Kenny Williams, his gimmick is he's kind of like a Back to the Future super fan. So he comes down to the ring in the big body warmer, stuff like that, and the ring announcer says, coming down the aisle, coming down to the ring, weighing in at 1.21 gigawatts. <laughs> but that just amuses that me. Wasn't that basically Kushida's gimmick in the Time Splitters? I think so. I'm not too sure about that, though. I just know Kushida and Alex Shelley, Alex Shelley teamed together for a while as the Time Splitters, and they would come out to like Back to the Future style music and props and stuff. Uh-huh. So, tell me about Zach Gibson. I know the kid, but I feel like Zach Gibson might be the one guy. If any, if you if you're just a I would say casual, but if you're just a casual viewer of things not WWE, Zach Gibson might be the one guy of those. 16 that you that you might have heard of I have and I will show my ignorance I know the name very well but see right this second I can't tell you much about him okay he, he seems to be kind of a he's making a name for himself I know that much definitely he's in a lot of main events a lot of big matches he seems to be um, kind of cut from the same mold as Pete Dunne but just from well he's a baby too so Mm-hmm. That gives him the baby, isn't he? I think a, a so. Good guy. Um, but I, I don't know. I just he has a good look. You know what? Why? Why isn't Paige's brother in the tournament? Why would they? They will not give him a look for anything. I think he has similar issues to Paige. Personal, like, um, mm-hmm. the, there's a lot of airing their dirty laundry. Gotcha. With the the Beavises. Um, he, Got you. So I think just because of the, it's not because oh we've went through this with Paige, we don't want to go down that road again. I just think it's a case of like he's a, he's been a bit of a carry on, so we'll just not bother. I don't know. I'm not sure how great he is. I I mean I don't know if he's any good at all. It just it's funny to me that page has had to retire because of her neck you guys are doing a movie about her life where he's the second main character in the movie and <laughs> homeboy can't even get a tryout I mean, it's it, just funny to me I know, it may end up Zach Gibson is pretty prevalent in the progress wrestling um, he's actually been a tag team champ with James Drake who's in it um, is that the homeboy with one ear that's Joseph that Connors it's Connors okay. Connor, I really like Connors and I think Triple H really likes Connors. He's got that um, sort of nasty streak to him. I think he'll be a bigger feature in the future. Yeah, I think so too. He's Preston City Wrestling as well. Zach Gibson's big in. Preston City Wrestling is the one where AJ Styles broke a wrestler's neck. Mm. I... I mean, I get it, but I don't get it. Like, the Styles Clash looks like the simplest move ever. Yeah. It was Lionheart's um, neck that he broke, who's an ICW as well. It's, so, is Lionheart still wrestling? 
Yes, he is. He's returned to wrestling and he actually had a match again with AJ Styles later that, like the next year. With Preston Talk about City. fearless. I know. Like a lion. Ha ha! Oh, very good. Oh. Um, he teases using the Styles Clash himself now and again. So, okay, so here's a question I want to talk about to kind of make it put into a more of a macro uh, conversation. Uh, it's very, we, we know that there are a million different styles of wrestling, but they seem to fall into like four major styles, right? Mm-hmm. You have your, your British grappling, map-based British strong style type style. You have your Japanese puro fighting style, strong style type stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like spirit. You have Lucha or high flying. It's all kind of in the same realm, even though it's different. And then you kind of have the theatrical mainstream American style. Right? Right. What is it about UK wrestlers and the British style? So, like, if you were to name the top the top wrestlers in each uh, style, Hist- right? historically, historically, right? You know, like, so you know, you have Bruno and Hogan and Austin and Rock and all that in America, uh-huh. and you know, you have uh, Conan and the Guerrero family and Ray and you know, uh, Mystico and Mil Mascaris and all that stuff and Antonio Inoki and Tanahashi and whatever. You have all these tremendous figures. Yeah. And I'm not saying that the British don't have the same level, but it seems, I, I just, it just feels like a, the style of the area that they're, that British wrestlers don't seem to become big, as big a star as they should. Which is why it's so interesting that the UK is the first group to get their own division. Uh-huh. What is what is it about that, being a man from the UK? Well, I think when you're talking about the pioneers of each of those categories, and maybe it's because of lack of knowledge, but I think it's safe to say that William Regal is one of the very best there's been for the British wrestling style. Oh, absolutely. But so, would you put William Regal in the same in the same conversation worldwide with Antonio Antonio Inoki no, or Hulk Hogan or Mil Mascaris or El Santo El Santo was so popular he got buried in his mask probably not but I mean Regal and all the, the guys Brookside Finlay they went all over Europe yeah. they were a massive deal in Europe yeah gentlemen Chris Adams uh, Dave Taylor even go further back, uh, Big Daddy. I mean, Regal's wrestled the likes of Giant Haystacks and yeah, all those guys. I know that's a different style, that's more pantomime, but he's been there and but done it. So maybe it's still the era, the, the the area. I mean, but I'm just curious, what is it about British guys that doesn't allow? I won't say doesn't allow, but hasn't seemed to have allowed them to become superstars, the biggest stars in the world. Yeah, like true. Superstars like and Davy Boy, of course, and um, uh, um, Dynamite. Mm-hmm. You know, like they, they have stars, but they. I, I hate that. I hate to say it like this because none of this is a diss. I'm really just curious because I feel like they deserve more. Until but recently, they, 
until recently there's been a reservedness about their characters. They're not larger than life on screen. Yeah, I think that's part of it. I feel like they get thrown into that dreaded, they're good hands. Uh-huh. I mean, uh, on group. the likes of Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks, they were huge in the UK scene, literally. But they, <laughs> yeah, literally, yes. So they were superstars. But it just wasn't as whole, like on such a grand scale as the likes of WWE and all its incarnations and different names that they've had. The wider audience aspect of it. But I think to answer the question, UK have maybe been picked first. I'm just guessing. Triple H is probably saying, right, we're scouting, we're looking to grow territories. Regal probably knows the scene inside out. Brookside probably knows the scene inside out. They said, right, well, we know so many wrestlers off the top of our head that we can contact. Why don't we try UK first? It's an English-speaking country. Yeah. I think that's probably one of the other things as well. Um, and and I've, I think you would know better than me because, you know, you're, you're tuned into the scene and you're over there and you're a big ICW fan. Uh, so I guess speaking of ICW, you can say guys like Grado, you know, yeah. but um, I feel like everything has its time, right? Um, for example, James Cameron wanted to make Avatar 15 years before he did, but he knew that the technology hadn't made it yet. Right. Stuff like that, like everything has its time. You know, uh, house music was kind of popular in the early 90s but now dubstep has become so important and so big that they're winning Grammys and DJs are the biggest stars in the world right like everything has its time I feel like the way the wrestling world and wrestling fans especially diehards in general I feel like the way they are now they're more in tuned to the in-ring ability and less into character work Mm -hmm. which has led to the prominence of so many of these UK guys because they do have characters. Flash Morgan Webster is a guy when you, you guys see him, you'll kind of see him and kind of be like, oh, he's kind of like a mob boss type dude. But yeah, uh, I'm not. I'm not sure if I like it because I just I know what people who wear Union Jack motorbike helmets are like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sort of okay. modern day trying to be Oasis type thing. I got you. That's fair. But I just feel like it's, I just feel like it's the time now. The time makes sense. Like uh-huh. we just we just talked about how big Pete Dunne is. Pete Dunne might Pete Dunne is one of the top five hottest guys probably in the company. I would say so. It could be biased, but it could be because what I've been watching is just sensational in the ring. Yes. Um, just his story overall. He's got both. He's got the the wrestling prowess and the character prowess. He's got that character nailed down to an absolute T, and he's he's not that much older than Tyler Bate. He's like what? So what? Tyler Bate is twenty one. I think he's twenty four. Yeah, twenty three or four. Yeah, um, but the dude doesn't walk. I'm um, the dude doesn't talk. I know, it, but possibly the guy who doesn't talk. It's so over. Think about it. Uh huh. He's got that Ozzy Osbourne accent from Birmingham. So <laughs> he kind of does, doesn't he? It doesn't lend itself well. It does. It's a, and Birmingham people will say this themselves. It's it's a very very thick accent. 
So it, it would seem it would stick out like a sore thumb on American TV, and it does when he speaks, but he can't help that. It's not his fault. But you know what? In wrestling, different is good. Uh huh. So it 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 is very weird when you hear him talk. It sounds weird, um, and he already this is. I'm not trying to diss the dude. He already looks weird. You know, uh-huh. he already has a very distinct look. But different is good, man. You know, Jack Swagger was a six foot six college all American who had a lisp. Uh-huh. You don't forget that. That's true. You know? See, he, he, even Pete Dunne's acne scars add to how how he comes across. Absolutely, absolutely, it, it helps his character. I know. It it's crazy how that works out. You were talking about it being the right time for the UK scene. Ricky actually brought a question forward that he wanted us to talk about. It's hard to really say because you said yourself, "I'm going to go. I'll go through the names." Right, and the matches. So you've got Drew Gulak versus Jack Gallagher, Ashton Smith versus Joseph Connors. This is the first round, which will okay. take place, I believe, at the Download Festival. Well, uh, uh, Gallagher and Drew Gulak was already taped for NXT, but the rest were yes. Right, I didn't know that. Yeah, so that was uh, spoiler. Oh, full sale! The crowd would lap up Gulak big time. Fantastic, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> uh, Flash Morgan Webster versus James Drake. Kenny Williams versus Dave Mastiff. Leggero, who's actually quite the veteran. Uh, yeah, I he's, he looks like he's old. Mm-hmm, versus Travis Banks. Zach Gibson versus Amir Jordan. Tucker versus Joe Coffey. And Jordan Devlin versus Tyson T-Bone. Uh, we both know a select handful of people from that. And mm-hmm. your answer might not even be in this group, but who would you say is the next big UK star and why? And that question was from Ricky. Okay, of the group, I would say Webster because he has a distinct gimmick. Uh-huh. Um, and he can, he, he can wrestle, but he has a distinct gimmick to add to that. In terms of the entire UK scene, speaking of, um, and I, I would equate, equate that to a, well, actually, the, the answer very clearly is Sabre. Zack Sabre Jr. has the ability to become William Regal-esque. Mm-hmm. It's just, um, he just he's in, he's doing it in New Japan. He's not doing it in WWE. He might not ever do it in WWE. And on top of that, uh, the way New Japan is structured, he is um, second in command, I guess you would say, in Suzuki Goon. Right. I mean, you know, I. They're basically a bu- it's a bunch of henchmen, Suzuki, Saber, and Killer Lee Squad. But then it just the rest are just henchmen. But um, in terms of new guys, man, I'm not that plugged into the to the to the UK tournament like that. I mean, like Zach Gibson, I, I like a lot. Dave Mastiff is tremendously huge, mm-hmm. and the stuff dude can do to be so big. You know what? I like the uh, ring count guys. I know they're not. That's not UK, but um, is Europe. Like Walter and Timothy Thatcher, I uh-huh. love those guys. Timothy Thatcher's uh-huh. a good. He's yeah. From from that group, I really like Joseph Connors. I like his style. He he reminds me of that Finn Balor mold. The sort of slight but very wiry. 
um, okay. and has the smash, smash mouth style. Um, but I'm going to throw a curveball in and I think I'm going to say, and I'll be honest, I'm not sure why she wasn't signed. And in today's landscape, it would make sense if she was signed. But I think with the, the is there going to be another May Young Classic this year? Should be, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know you're going with this. this <laughs> you guys listening, this is the most biased answer you will ever hear this man say. <laughs> she's good. She made she's, me, she's, she's very good, yes. She made and me, she's unique. She is. I'm talking about Viper, a.k.a. Piper Niven, who was in last year's Mayan Classic, had an excellent match with Tony Storm. They have actually got quite the independent scene rivalry. They've been fighting for a long time against each other. She's she's doing an Austin Aries right now and she's collecting belts left, right and centre as Piper Niven. Uh, she's well, current IC question belt. for you. Uh-huh. Question for you. How big do you think that she could actually get? In WWE or in Indies? In WWE. Like, if they were to sign her today, and let's say she were to get, just hypothetically speaking, she was called up main roster, she got adequate pushing, but just on her own merit as a character, do you think she could reach Charlotte, Asha, Asuka level? Do you think she'd be like Naomi, Natty level? Would she even reach Nikki Bella level? Which is, she, you know, she may not be as good a wrestler as the rest, but she's definitely the number one woman well, people know from WWE. Like, what do you think she could get? Because I know you're so biased. That, <laughs> and it's okay. Don't get me, I'm not saying that to be bad. Like, I, I have, like, my favorite women's wrestler in the entire world is Mia Yim. Like, I have, we all have our biases, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm just curious to know how how big she would get in a WWE setting because it's a completely different animal uh-huh. than WWE than the Indies. Well, I think first of all she can wrestle. She's got that down and she's shown that. True. With and it's probably I'm not sure if it's unfair of me to do the similarities, but. She is larger like Nia Jax, and Nia Jax storyline and shootwise has broken down a lot of barriers and stigmas and attached to heavier wrestlers, heavier women wrestlers becoming top draws. True. Whether Nia Jax is going to be a top draw is unanswerable at the moment, but she's an annoy. She's going to be a draw in some form. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. So she's not an annoy, but she annoy family. You know what I mean? Exactly. Aye, that's true. Um, so with all those barriers being broken down there's room for Piper to come back in Do we, I mean she did really well she got to the semi-finals of the May Young Classic and she was a hit with full sale crowd so they could do the story of her she's been collecting belts she comes back in and the, belt, the accomplishment that she wants next is the May Young Classic and to become part of the NXT show and then eventually move up to WWE it could be a biased answer, but in terms of UK stars, and maybe because I watch her regularly and I don't watch Dave Mastiff every week, I don't watch Tucker every week, so yep. because I see how good she can be, um, there is that. But I think that I'd like to see her again in the May Young Classic anyway and do something good with her. 
Who's the, who's the ICW world champion? Is it Mikey Whipwreck now? No, um, you mean Mikey Whiplash? Mikey Whiplash. So they're not the same person. There <laughs> no. you go. No. All right. Uh, hey, guys. My name is Ransom. I'm stupid. Okay. The current wrestler is Stevie Boy. He actually can't. Oh, okay. They've got a similar... The ICW combine the Royal Rumble and the Money in the Bank briefcase. So if you win their version of the Royal Rumble, you have a briefcase and you can cash in whenever you want. Uh, at the latest pay-per-view, Baromania 4, Stevie G cashed in on a match between BT Gun and Mikey Whiplash. So Stevie G is the champion. I know BT, BT Gun. I know him. I've heard mm-hmm. of him before. Stevie G's um, girlfriend is actually Kaylee Ray. Oh, okay. I know Kaylee Ray. Because she was in the May Young. May Young Classic, yes. But then also she... She like her personality is one that you kind of hear about. She's a very uh-huh. different type type of woman. So she's an interesting kind of woman. She she's kind of hardcore, isn't she? She's kind of like a hardcore uh-huh. fighter. Yeah, she's um, she's had a few matches with the guys in ICW, and she can take a beating. Like she's not she's not scared at all. She go, she goes for it. Okay, so the real question is, I guess, you know, you want to put a bow on all this. Mm-hmm. Who has, which group of people has the bigger, uh, what, which group of people has the, the bigger uh, future? The UK men or the UK women? <laughs> I think the UK women have a very promising future, if allowed to have one. I don't mean if allowed. I mean if they're given that opportunity on television. No, yeah. Everybody listens. Everybody listening knows what you mean. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, it's WWE. You are picked to be pushed. We get it. Yeah, but I think with through in terms of not the division on its own, but just UK wrestlers, Vince McMahon will look at Drew McIntyre and say, "God damn it, pal, vascular." <laughs> He's doing it now. Uh-huh. He's already doing it. He's, he's already doing it. Um, Drew is built to be a champion. Oh, I. He's. I, he has just a big tank. Um, and I think it might not be Vince's favourite, but Pete Dunn has star written all over him. He's Triple H's favourite. Oh, uh-huh. that's for damn sure. Definitely. He's probably Regal's favourite as well. There's only one person I think that's currently signed to NXT. That Triple H loves more than Pete Dunne. That's Adam Cole, and Triple H <laughs> loves Adam Cole so much. I feel like Triple H thinks Adam Cole is his son. <laughs> Probably. He loves that guy so much. <laughs> but we all know that Kona Reeves is the greatest NXT ever. <laughs> Can we talk Kona Reeves for just like like one minute? He's getting better. Like I oh. thought he was. I thought it was the most garbage, trash terrible debut in history and then the next week things had progressed the music was better the the jacket was better the intro was better the movement in the ring was better like it's it's getting there there was i have to admit there was an improvement but i'm enjoying jumping on the bandwagon of kona reeves as trash (laughs) <laughs> it's not a bandwagon everybody believes and, that uh, full sale they're going to lap it up They'll, this will be the same as Elias same as Eva Marie he will get booed to deafening, deafening point and it's going to well, work well, in his favour 
Will he get booed so bad like Bo Dallas did that they turn, they stand up and turn their backs to him? Will he get that bad? Do you know, he won't even be there that long because Vince will say, up you come, pal. <laughs> oh, God. I'm so there you go, guys. Conan Reeves is going to be a, a Survivor Series. You heard it here first. <laughs> the finest will win oh, the Survivor Conan, Series match for Raw. Conan Reeves is going to be in the Royal Rumble. Oh. Oh, and for the record I like the Hawaiian drop just not as a finisher not as a name either I, but it's, I get it because it's and a play on words it I get a, it it's a play on words but it's a it's a bad play on words but there is some very bad play up like the skull crushing finale bro like that's a terrible name it is but it's been 15 years we're used to it mhm you know what I mean? Like, uh, there are some terrible finishers. In terms of impact? Or name? In terms of name? Whirling Dervish. So that's a very... That's a, that's a thing, right? <laughs> it's a thing that exists. Apparently. <laughs> I don't, so, okay, Mr... Okay, I'm going to start calling you Mr. Niven. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Niven, what is Viper's finisher called? It's the Viper driver. So it's like a Mishinoku driver. That's what it is. Uh, it, no, I know what it is. It's it, it's like yeah, it's like a split leg. She picks you up looking like um, Bam Bam used to. Mm-hmm. Not Bam Bam. Is yeah, Bam Bam. And then she just kind of drops you down. Yeah, it's kind of like Dana Brooke's finisher. Yeah, kind of. Well, but Dana Brooke basically does the um oh what is what was Saban's finisher called? The cult the, the culture shock? Whatever what did he call it? Chris Saban's finisher? Not a clue. But you know you guys listen, you know what I'm talking about. Uh huh. So what else you got for me, man? I've I I I feel like I I feel like I'm British by proxy now. am I British enough to come to Buckingham Palace and chill with Prince Harry and Prince William? Well funnily funny you say Prince Harry um, Ricky and myself well Ricky actually lives in Dumbarton and I am in a neighbouring town when Prince Harry married Meghan Markle at the weekend they became mm. the Earl and Countess of Dumbarton oh nice well it's nice but it is, it's really bizarre all this none of that makes sense to me you know I don't I don't get kingdoms we kind of got away from that about Four, four hundred years ago, you know, we kind of ran away from that. It's, how would I describe it? Like there's, tran- there's regular chances of them coming to, coming to visit, and it would be the equivalent of not so much. It would be the equivalent of the vice president coming to your town regularly just to say hello. Well, technically, I live in Houston, so you might well, not want to use my town. I get it, though. Like Carlstown or Calebstown, I get it. Uh huh. Yeah, so, I mean I understand I, I just think the best part about this whole situation is that the queen in th- 40 years is going to be a black woman <laughs> <laughs> we're taking over dog we're taking over <laughs> oh I just get, <laughs> caught my laugh caught in my throat there nearly swallowed the whole microphone <clears throat> <laughs> yep we've been planning this for a long time <laughs> I like it. I do like it. That's excellent. 
a few assassinations have to take place first, though. Well, I mean, I don't want nobody to die, but, you know, it, we'll figure it out. I'm just thinking of the order, the air order. So, if if the Queen... This is riveting wrestling talk, by the way, I'm sure. We'll keep this short. <laughs> if the Queen were to pass, God rest her soul, who gets the throne? Would it be Would it be Prince Charles? Uh, Prince Charles. Right. And then if he were to pass... Then it would go to William because William's older. And then his three sons. Oh, so Sorry, two if sons. something happened to William, it wouldn't go to Harry? No, it's William's children first. Oh, so Harry just chilling then. Harry, Harry can do what he wants. Clearly he can. I'm not mad at him. Well, okay. he, has, he has done what he wants in the past. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Um, so... We may have to wait a bit longer than 40 years for a black queen, but you just never know. It's very possible. Well, look, in, in, in what, in, in, 12, in 2,000 years, we never had, we never were even on the list. We're on the list now. <laughs> so whenever Prince Harry and Princess Meghan come to Dumbarton, I will interview them for the podcast and ask them their thoughts on Pete Dunne. I, that would be the greatest interview in the history of interviews. I would, I would love that. That would be excellent, wouldn't it? But since we have went on the greatest tangent of all time, talking about black queens, shall we? Be, <laughs> wait, wait, wait! When you say the word "black queen," that denotes a different thought process. I just want you to know that. What was it? But okay, that's uh, that's conversation for off the for off the call. <laughs> right. Let's move things very swiftly along, right? Yes. <laughs> um, yes, please. How do you feel about a UK centric, UK wrestler centric quiz? I'm going to fail, but I'm excited, and let's do it. Excellent. Now I have, I've got a treat for you tonight. Now this may or may not be a previous guest and friend of the show, Jr. It may also be, instead of me singing the theme tune. I have a certain NXT general manager singing the theme tune for you this week. How do you feel about that? I am confused, scared, and excited at the same time. Okay, well, let me just set up my phone for this one. Okay, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast, William Regal. It's fucking quiz time with me, William Regal, Ricky and Clive, and friends. A special edition UK wrestling quiz. <laughs> it just flew in just for that. Hey man, look, I, I like that he gives back. <laughs> he does. Didn't have to do that. He gives back to the community. <laughs> <laughs> right, so. As I said, this is a UK-centric quiz. The first one actually comes from my Reddit user, Steve Alino. Right, so, first question. What UK wrestler held the t NXT tag team titles alongside Neville? Oliver Gray. Oh, straight off the bat there. I'm an NXT fan. I've been watching it since they rebranded, so I know that one. Okay, right. Thank you. And the rest of the questions come from Ricky. Oh, God. 
By the way, if I was if I were going to have uh to have to use a catchphrase as my buzzer, Ooh, out so of respect for my Well, we don't need one, it's just me. Uh-huh. But out of respect for for my brother Ricky and happy Ramadan, my man. Uh it was going to be Rusev Machka just <laughs> because of love for my boy. Okay. We all know my thoughts on Rusev, so <laughs> well, that was for Ricky. So yeah, uh, right. So this question: Has a UK wrestler ever won a version of the heavyweight title, the WWE heavyweight title, world title? Yes or no? It depends on if you count Seamus. He's technically not British. He's from Ireland, Northern Ireland's part of Britain, but Ireland doesn't. Yeah, that's that's right. So no, nobody, no, they never have. Okay. Correct. Is that right? Yeah, correct answer. Cause okay. Yeah. Right. Who has won more titles with WWE or WWF? William Regal or British Bulldog? Who's won more? See, I feel like this is one of those that's gonna confuse me because the answer seems fairly obvious that it's British Bulldog, but I. Regal might have surprised me, but I'm going to say Bulldog. British Bulldog has won nine titles, and William Regal has won 13. See, I knew that was one of those that was going to trick me. And I can't remember one. I, like, I remember him winning, like, an IC t- No, all those European titles. No, it, it's a question from Ricky. Have a guess. Is it the, hard, the hardcore title? <laughs> That's, thank you, Ricky. <laughs> That's it. Um, right. Next one, he's got a few who am I's for you, so you have to guess the wrestler based on these clues, okay? Alright. I am a five-time intercontinental champion. Next clue. He didn't give me any other clues because I guessed it straight away, so I'll just make (laughs) some up. I no longer wrestle for WWE. Oh, uh, uh, um, Stu Bennett, uh, Bad News Barrett. Well done. Yeah. Next question. I am a one-time diva champion. Layla? <laughs> yes. I didn't get that at all, that one. That's the only British woman I could think of besides uh, Paige. Mm-hmm. That was my first guess. Next one. I think this is the last one. So it's a short quiz tonight, I'm afraid. Well, it's just one person, so I mean, you know, the fun is when it's two people. Right. So, by the way, I won, technically, because it's just me. Uh-huh. Okay. Congratulations in advance. Thank you. I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> Name the active wrestlers from UK who have won a title on the main roster. Does the Cruiserweight Championship count? Who... Let me rephrase that question. Because Neville's technically active. He ain't fired yet. Mm-hmm. Name a current wrestler on the active... Uh, name an active wrestler on the main roster who has won a title, who currently wrestles for WWE, who is in the Superstars page on the website. Bloody hell. Okay. What, what a mouthful this one is. That's my fault, though. So someone who has wrestled on the main roster and has been a champion of some description... Name two. Okay. Um, can you tell me how many people it is? I've got two here. So Drew McIntyre. Mm-hmm. 
Drew McIntyre is one. You, you said well, the other one. You said the other one. I don't know. Page? Well, this is a technicality one because they're not exactly active, but they're not, not wrestling for WWE. Neville? Yes. There we go. Sorry, that was a mess. That was my fault. You know, it's okay. That it's you know the uh, UK division is interesting. So okay, I got a, I have a UK question for you. Okay, which UK? And I said his name already, but which UK wrestler invented the super kick and has the best super kick of all time? Mm. I think he's British. I haven't the foggiest idea. Isn't gentleman Chris Adams British? I think so. Yeah, well, he, he's, as far as I know, he's the first person to use a super kick. This is uh, news to me. So I could, for all I know, I could call you a liar right now if I wanted to. <laughs> Maybe that's the next quiz. Am I lying or not? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, look. This is the best quiz ever because I won unanimously. You did. You got everything right as well. Like, it wasn't a case of you beat the other person. You just had all the answers. The Layla one, I had no clue at all. Well, let me tell you something, brother. What I, no, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, yeah, hey, man, I'm, I'm proud of myself. You know, I, I, I train and I study for these quizzes way ahead of time. And, uh, yeah, so... You know, thank Ricky and Clive. I like to thank my hood. Uh, I like to thank my mama. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Speaking of being proud of yourself, would you like to plug all your work? Jesus Christ, we'll be here all night. <laughs> okay, so you can catch me on World Class Radio every morning on the Chairshot dot com uh, with Jordan Fox. He's at Fox the Podcaster. The show is at World Class Daily. We are actually sponsored by World Class Revolution, the professional wrestling company based out of Oklahoma, who has just now started being syndicated in uh, Missouri and Kansas. So that's that. You can catch me on the Outsider's Edge with our favorite person, Kervin, Carl, Carl Irvin, my partner in crime. He's at Outsider Kervin. The show's at Outsider's Edge SS. That is a very proud part of the Social Suplex Network brother show to Ricky and Clive um, I also write a column every week for the chairshot.com it uh, it should be out this week it should be out today actually this is uh, delving into character alignment and what it really is do we do we really still know what it is and has it evolved or not um, you can find me at it's Ray Cash um, since Vince, since Vince McMahon basically uh, made like four billion dollars this week. I have officially changed my last name to McMahon. Um, <laughs> I am the first Irish black dude since Sammy Davis Jr. So that's that. Uh, <laughs> other than that, man, yeah, you can follow me at it's Ray Cash, R E Y as in Mysterio, C A S H as in dollars, and yeah, that's all. I I think that's it. If I forgot something, I apologize. Well, I forget things all the time, but before I do start forgetting things, uh, I had a sneak peek of your column, and I'm looking forward to reading that one, actually. Um, so, when you've read that, when you've listened to this, 
or if you see the tweet first, check out Rance's new column on character alignment. It's quite interesting. Uh, right. You. So, do you think I'll get it all without any mistakes this time? I'm going to go for it. You can catch Rick and Clive at Rick and Clive on Twitter and Facebook. We are in the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group under our, well, my shoot name, Brian K. You can finish the rest. <laughs> um, <laughs> we are on the Social Suplex Podcast Network, which you're listening to. Thank you for all your listens. If there are any new listeners, please subscribe and rate on the podcast app of your choice. For the other shows on the network are, as Rand said, Outsider's Edge. The indie show Grown Men Watch This Shit, Keeping It Strong Style, the New Japan show with Josh and Jeremy. Uh, Rich Latta does the One Nation Radio, One Nation Live. Caleb does the Wrestling Wash. Have I missed anything out there? No, that's it. Oh, one more thing. We're getting really good responses for the NXT survey that I've got going on at the moment for the NXT TakeOver special that we've got planned for June the 6th. If you want, if you haven't taken the survey yet, or if you want to take it again, you can. If you have different answers, the link will be in the show notes again. All the Twitter handles for the shows that I've mentioned are in the show notes as well. I think that's me. I think I covered it all. Fantastic. Thank you for joining me tonight, Rance. My pleasure, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, you know how the show says Ricky and Clive and friends. Uh huh. I'm the friend in Ricky and Clive, I feel like. Well, we just say Andrance. Might as well. You know how, like, you know how, like, uh, American kids go overseas to, do, to like, study abroad? Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm the exchange student in your house that just, you know, sleeps on your couch and eats your food. See, you've got a bit of everything on this podcast. You even got an In Your House reference in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a gift, man. Uh-huh. It's a gift. Thank you for having me. This is my favorite show, no exaggeration. Um, yeah, it's always a pleasure to be on here, man, anytime you need me. Thank you. We might need you based on the Ramadan coming up, but I'm sure we'll get Ricky back on as soon as possible. Um, well, you know the goal is to change the show from Ricky and Clive to Rance and Clive. I think Ricky wants it to be like Ricky and Carl. <laughs> <laughs> so we just got to switch partners? Uh-huh, yep. <laughs> Hey, I'm down. So let me practice. Hey, yo. That's like I say. That's it. That's the outsider's edge there for you. Right, let's go before we start talking shit about the Queen again. (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you, and good night. Thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next time. See you next time.